All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Face Off Live, your go to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to the official start of season three of Daily Face Off Live, live on the Daily Face Off YouTube, live with myself, Tyler Remchuk, and our hockey insider. Frank Saravalli. Frank, it's officially October and it feels good to be back talking hockey. Nine days away. This feels like the longest run up to the regular season ever. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because captain's practices started like quite literally a month ago and we've sort of been in preview mode since. I can't wait to finally have something real to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you are new to the show and you haven't watched it in years past, here is the breakdown. We are live right here on the DFO YouTube Every single weekday at noon Eastern time. It's a short show. It's only 30 minutes. We give you what you need with no filler. We start the show with four different topics. We spend two minutes and 30 seconds on each one. It's rapid fire style. We fly through them. We get to a big segment in the middle to really sink our teeth into a big story from the hockey world. And then we always take questions from you in the YouTube chat. And I see a bunch of you in there already, including some of our regulars from last year. It feels good to be back talking about our pal Barra in the YouTube chat. Uh, but it's it's a quick show, Frank, but we give the people what they want with none of the old filler. Yeah, and hopefully it's fun too. Uh, definitely we've had some fun and funny moments along the way. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Let's go. So let's start with topic one, and it's some sad news from the hockey world this weekend. Frank, a story that kind of started developing last week. Calgary Flames assistant GM Chris Snow passed away over the weekend after a long and courageous battle with ALS. 
He was diagnosed with the disease back in 2019. And his fight was, I mean, inspiring, almost doesn't feel like a big enough word, Frank. And you think about the impact he's had. The Calgary Flames Foundation ended up raising over half a million dollars for ALS research as a result of the Snowy Strong campaign. He was an inspiration to so many, and it was really sad to see his fight come to an end. Yeah, and I think even when you are dealing with something like ALS, which is such a terrible, awful disease, uh, knowing that it's going to be fatal, um, the ending still catches you by surprise. And certainly in this one, Chris Snow was just at the Penticton Rookie Showcase two weeks ago with the Calgary Flames, traveled with the team. Uh, So this was sudden and certainly um, just adds to the sadness of what was already a really sad story. Uh, His wife, Kelsey, has been uh, documenting the entire thing. He's been very uh, upfront and vocal about his fight against ALS. He's been a Uh, courageous spokesperson. But more than that, he's also been someone that's been a little bit transformative for the cause, entering some different studies and trying some new experimental medicine to try and prolong his life. And he did that. He was given one year to live back in 2019. It's almost the end of 2023. So uh, no one battled harder than Chris and no one earned more respect in the hockey world, not just through his battle, but The way he lived was the way that um, he was in the entire lead up to it. Kind, personable, uh, hardworking. And so I think that's really what leaves a big hole in the entire Calgary Flames organization. And and not just in Calgary, but also, of course, in his family as well. You just your heart breaks and aches for his wife, Kelsey, and his kids, uh, Cohen and Willa. It just it it doesn't get any more terrible than that. And, And it's a really tough way to start the hockey season. Yeah, it's uh, the Calgary Flames, the entire hockey world heading into this season with heavy hearts. And also, I mean, his impact went well beyond just the hockey world. If we're talking about sports, I know he had a lot of ties to the baseball world from his time as a sports writer as well. I saw MLB insider Jeff Passan share a really nice note over the weekend as well. But you kind of touched on it, Frank, his impact in terms of his fight with ALS, the experimental things he went through. Like this is going to allow other people with the disease to have their lives prolonged as well. You even think right down to the end where they were keeping him alive for organ donation as well. Um, a really sad story, but at the same time, Chris Snow's journey inspired many. And like the rest of the hockey world, our thoughts are with his, with his wife, Kelsey, and the rest of the Snow family. Let's turn the page, Frank, and as training camps roll on and players are getting set for opening night, which is under 10 days away in the NHL, there are a handful of talented young players who aren't on the ice with their clubs in training camp. Number one on that list is, without a doubt, Trevor Zegris, but he's also got a teammate in Jamie Drysdale joining him as one of the unsigned RFAs in the league. We're going to have Brent Wallace on from Coming In Hot. He covers the Senators like a blanket. He's going to talk to us a bit about Shane Pinto, but let's zero in on Zegris and Drysdale, Frank. Are there any updates here? Like for a rebuilding team like Anaheim, I'm sitting here going, how the hell are you going to potentially start the season without these two guys? One of them was your leading scorer, How are you going to start the year without these two guys in your lineup? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough spot for these players. And I I don't want to say the Anaheim Ducks because they're basically, GM Pat Verbeek is is flexing and leveraging every muscle that he possibly can in order to try and keep these numbers down. And what that may result in, Tyler, I think is a savings for the next couple years on bridge deals because that's where this is trending. But there's mounting and growing frustration. And one thing I like about Trevor Zegris is he's not just 
um, incredibly dynamic and creative on the ice. But off the ice, he's not really afraid either. This is a guy with two consecutive 60-point seasons who's still only 21 and has a lot of room to continue to grow in the NHL. He's thinking that he needs to be paid at some point like a big-time player. He's on that track. And to this point, the Ducks are certainly not bringing that to the table. We're looking at probably a two- or three-year bridge deal and – the AAV, they're still pretty far apart. So this is, I don't want to say gotten ugly, but it they're not anywhere close. And the frustration is mounting because, as you said, we're now less than 10 days away from the start of the regular season. Neither one of these guys is in camp, and it's put a strain on things. Can they find a way to, to get back together and, and find common ground? It kind of feels right now like they're a long ways off. And Jamie Drysdale... Two years ago, we were talking about him as really kind of one of the bright up-and-coming young defensemen in the league. Last year, only played eight games, which is short of the 10 required to accrue another professional season and get him closer to arbitration. Was he healthy for those two games? I don't know. Not that it is going to end up mattering, but still, um, he's got something to prove and will have to do it probably on a bridge deal. So um, no progress to speak of, and... Really, it's all eyes on the Ducks because there's not a lot of expectations this season. But, geez, it kind of hurts to not have two of your best young players. I'm going to offer up a take on this. You tell me if I am way out to lunch on it. You said Trevor Zegers, two six, back-to-back 60-point seasons. He's only 21. He's also one of the most recognizable stars in the game. This dude has scored some highlight reel goals. He's led off ESPN. He's been on the cover of NHL 23. Is it fair to say that maybe this gap in negotiation is also in part because he's not a 90-point guy, but again, one of the most recognizable stars in the league. He wants to be maybe paid like a 90-point guy, even though he's not quite there. Like, has his star exceeded his skill? I No, I don't think that's fair. I think also look at the lack of support that he's had. I don't think anyone is questioning right at this exact moment in time, is Trevor Zegers the best player on the Anaheim Ducks? The answer to me is no. That, that is Troy Terry, but Troy Terry signed for $7 bucks, and my understanding is that because everyone understands that Troy Terry is the Ducks' best player right now, even though he's older, the expectation from the Ducks is if you're signing a long-term deal, you need to get in line under $7 bucks. and Trevor Zegers is kind of already at that $7 million number, even on a short-term deal, so if you're going to extend him out further and want to go longer, you're going to need to pay a lot more than that. And the Ducks clearly aren't willing to do that. So where does the bridge deal AAV come in? It's a really good question. Uh, the Ducks are going to try and keep that pretty small. Jeremiah is in the chat, and I think he sums up maybe where some frustration comes from Ducks fans. And it's Verbeek has no had no problem overpaying Killorn. He should pay Zegras. He's a budding star. And I mean, it's totally different because it's RFA, UFA stuff. But even if it's not fair, I think that's maybe where some frustration comes in from the Anaheim Ducks fan base in this situation let's begin our season previews frank we're going to knock a couple of teams off the list today but there's no better place to start than with the defending stanley cup champions in vegas they've had a spicy preseason as well with uh, what went down between mark stone and, and and the la kings but let's dig into this from maybe a bigger picture perspective over the summer there were no big upgrades made by the vegas golden knights front office but 
That doesn't mean there wasn't important business taken care of. They got Ivan Barbashev back after they picked him up at the deadline from St. Louis. Aiden Hill has a fresh extension. He's going to be back in the crease for the Golden Knights. For me, the big question with this team kind of comes from, A, you look at Mark Stone, probably their most important player, the injury thing. Who knows if you're getting anywhere close to 82 games out of Mark Stone this season. You go look at the rest of their forward core, and it's getting old, Frank. Like Guys like Marcius O'Carlson, they're all well past 30 now. Do you think this aging core can keep up in the Pacific Division for another 82-game season? I do. I think the backbone of their team, and certainly we saw last year one of the big differences with the Vegas Golden Knights was their system. They did say goodbye to a few pretty significant pieces. I mean, Riley Smith is one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Phil Kessel wasn't uh, an impact player in the playoffs. He was a healthy scratch for 20 games, but he still had 14 goals and 36 points. Um, you know, you've had to say goodbye to a few of these pieces, just like you have to do on any um, Stanley Cup winning team. That's a fact of life. Uh, but I still think they have more than enough to be in that upper echelon of teams. And I would include them in a group of seven, eight, maybe 10 teams. I think 10 is like a little generous and stretching it that have an authentic chance to win the Stanley Cup this season. They're in that group, um, especially if Aiden Hill can play as well as he did last year. And especially if uh, that defense core continues to be as big and as mobile as they've been. Um, they've got a special something. And I'm curious, like some of the question marks I have are, is, is Mark Stone's back going to hold up all year? That's a big question. He got through the playoffs, but getting through 24 games is a lot different than getting through 82. So uh, Jack Eichel, as well as he played, like they've got some of these pieces that really keep them in that top group. I think the other question for this team is once you get past their top six, which is on par um, with some of the best teams in the league, because of the cap and how they've structured things, they've got Eichel at 10 million, Stone at nine and a half, that you inherently have to pay your bottom six a lot less. And most of those guys are a million and a half or less. Are those guys, their bottom six, going to allow this team to be uh, what it needs to be in an 82 game slog? Because you can't avoid, you need the contributions from those guys over a long term period. You look at their forward group right now, 13 players on the roster. Six of them make under $2 million. It's also fascinating to see that of that forward group, only three of them are players that were picked in the expansion draft. Everyone else has been added after the fact for the Vegas Golden Knights. Quickly on uh, on the crease situation for Vegas. I've seen some people kind of say, ah, like, can you really rely on Aiden Hill to be a true number one this year? His numbers last season, both regular season and playoffs, were remarkable. I think they're fine between the pipes because even if Aiden Hill falters, this isn't a question, is it? No, yeah, and I, and I really, I was just gonna say, I was leading in. I really like Logan Thompson as well. Oh. Like even if Aiden Hill were to falter, they they are set with the backup position. I think Logan Thompson could very easily be their number one this year. Like twelve months ago, that's what we were talking about. I would say, given how Aiden Hill proved himself this past season, and the I think the quality that you have in your backup in in logan thompson i'd venture to say that relative to dollars the vegas golden knights have a top five value crease they're at basically five and a half million between the two guys how many teams are getting better value out of five and a half million in goaltending yeah 
Yeah, probably. I mean, you look at the team that's going to be competing with them. Edmonton spending $5 million on Jack Campbell alone. So, yeah, when you look at the value in this crease, to have two guys who are capable of being a number one, it's certainly there. I'm a fan of their blue line as well. It's easy to see why a lot of people are picking the Vegas Golden Knights to once again win the Pacific Division. Maybe, like you said, win another Stanley Cup. Let's talk about the team they beat in the Stanley Cup final, though, in the Florida Panthers it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting start to the season in Florida. No Aaron Eckblad, no Brandon Montour. Now, last year I was someone who made the mistake of writing off the Boston Bruins because of all the injuries they had coming into the season. And what did they do? They persevered through it, had an amazing regular season. Can Florida do the same thing? Can they persevere through these tough injuries to start the year? My answer is no. And the reason for that is. I'm just not a believer in Florida's defense core as currently constituted. I love the Oliver Ekman Larson edition at two and a quarter million bucks. Can he play to that level? Of course he can. I think you can answer that without blinking. I like Gustav Forsling, but let me read for you their top seven or top eight defensemen that are going to be in the lineup to start the season. Forsling, Nico Mikola, OEL, Mike Riley, Dmitry Kulikov, Josh Mahora, Lucas Carlson, and Matt Kierstead. You've basically got three bona fide NHL defensemen. Mike Riley was a buyout in, mm-hmm. in Boston. And then you've got a couple guys. I like what Josh Mohora did last year as a waiver claim. I thought that was really smart. I'm not a Dmitry Kulikov believer. Lucas Carlson and Kier said, like, you've basically got four through seven on that decor that are kind of fringe NHL players is a fair way to say it. That's really going to be difficult because at the same time, I know you're expecting uh, everyone's like, oh, can Sergei Bobrovsky bounce back and be the guy that he was in the playoffs? He basically played two months at 9.15 and the rest of the season at 9.01. So can you keep enough pucks out of your net? I have no question about their ability to score. I love their offense. I love their forward group. It's just until Ekblad and Montour are back, can they hang on? I I know this came up last year with the Bruins. My answer is no. But in saying that, the Panthers on Christmas Day last year were like seven points out of a playoff spot and had a very marginal record. Like we're on pace for like 82 points. So can they survive play 500 until then? I I think they probably can, but my problem with the rest of the conference is that I just think all those other teams are are so much better constituted that I I just don't, I'm not a, I don't know. I think the Panthers might be on the outside looking at the playoffs. 109 points for Matt Kachuk last year, 31 more than anyone else on that Panthers roster, I would argue they also need more secondary scoring this year. I don't think it's enough to once again sit there. Like, look what he led the team in in the playoffs. Goals assist points. You can't just rely on Kachuk again this year either. You're going to need more people. I know Carter Verhage popped home 40 goals. That was an incredible year, but you're probably going to need a little bit more outside of Kachuk in the forward group as well. I have a little bit more later in the show on the Florida Panthers and potentially their playoff chances this season. But first, let's get to our big segment for the day. Brent Wallace of Coming In Hot. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Brent Wallace's appearance is brought to you by Botano. Everything you need to. Get in on the action a little bit, whether it's some NHL futures, which again, we'll talk about in a bit. Maybe you want to get in on the MLB postseason. Botano's got it all. The game starts now at Botano.ca, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Brent Wallace of Coming In Hot with Bobby Ryan and Jason York. They're fired up for a new season in Ottawa, and there's a lot for us to get to today, Wally. But I want to start at the top. Michael Andlauer puts his first kind of stamp on this Senators team and hires his pal, Steve Stales to be the new president of hockey operations. Your thoughts on this decision, and do you think Stales is the right guy to kind of lead this Senators team out of the rebuild? Uh, hey, boys, good afternoon. I, I do like it. I mean, Steve Stales is highly regarded across the NHL circles as a very smart hockey guy. I've known him for a bit back when he played. Uh, my co-host Jason York knows him really well. Uh, speaks very highly of him. It seems like it's a very good move, and not forget or not to forget. Just above him is Cyril Leader, who's coming back into the organization as well. These are two huge moves by Michael Andlauer early on. This will really set the tone going forward for this organization. Now, they haven't had a director uh, of player, uh, sorry, hockey operations. They they haven't had any oversight in this entire organization for like six years. This really helps solidify that and really gives. Pierre Dorian, another sounding board, some more uh, maybe safety, a safety net, if you will. Or maybe Steve Steos is going to come in and surround himself with the people he knows best. So uh, we'll wait to see how that plays out. But it's definitely great for this organization to finally get more people in the hockey ops department. Yeah, I was I was actually just going to piggyback off of that, Wally, and ask you about um, really kind of the pressure that not just DJ Smith and this team are, are facing to get off to a hot start, but also – considering that Michael Anlauer and now Steve Steos are going to be in evaluation mode to understand how everyone works. Um, is, is there heat on, is the temperature, uh, you know, turned up a little bit is the hot seat on for Pierre Dorian and DJ Smith to, you know, finally have this be the year where things turn around. Every indication to this point is that Michael Anlauer is, is ready to be patient and is ready to move forward with these guys currently in their roles. But what are these guys looking at? It's interesting, Frank, because normally patient is fine. Everybody's like, yeah, okay, come on in, check it out, get comfortable, figure out what you're going to hang on the wall. This team has started horribly for four straight years. And so by, what do we call it, the American Thanksgiving, they're already out of the playoffs for the most part. Last year, they missed by six points. Each of the last four years, they've been 28th or worst after 20 games into the season. They don't have that, that luxury. So that's an issue for them. If they don't get off to a better start, do we start to see changes a lot sooner than perhaps we normally would? 
that's where Shane Pinto comes into all this. And I know you spoke about him earlier in the show, uh, and I'll lead into it if you don't mind, is they need Shane Pinto in this lineup. They need to have a very good start early on. Josh Norris hasn't played yet. He's coming off shoulder surgery. Shane Pinto continues to be an RFA, not signed. They need to go one, two, three down the middle with Tim Stutzler as their number one center. If this team has going, if this team hopes to have success, they've got to have all those guys going in the lineup. So I know a few teams have called the Sens about Shane Pinto, but the response has continually been, "We're not trading this guy. We want to keep him." Why do you think there's been a disconnect to this point now, knowing that the regular season is ten days away? from moving out other contracts or other pieces in order to prioritize Shane Pinto and getting this deal done. What's, what's going on? What's the holdup? So I can tell in your question, you don't really know what to say because none of us have been able to figure out exactly what the hell is going on. We knew this for months. We knew this contract was coming up, but yet, and if you read Ian Mendez's article in the athletic today, he tells you, listen, they prioritize Zach McEwen and, uh, Travis Hamannick and Eric Brandstrom and signing all these players to contracts. Vladimir Tarasenko, they brought in Dominic Kubelik, all these guys, and yet Shane Pinto just sat there. Shane Pinto's a 20-goal scorer who filled in uh, for Josh Norris, who went out with an injury. So he he knows how to play second-line center minutes. He's extremely good defensively. He's smart. He's young. It's all that stuff. I don't know how they got to this point. I, like, Frank, I can't fathom how we've got here now 10 days away from the season when they should have made a deal to get him signed. Uh, they should have already traded the players away because now in order to move those assets, you're going to have to sweeten the deal. And people are now saying, yeah, you know what? You want to give us Matthew Joseph or someone else? We also want a first round pick. That's tough to swallow. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Joseph has three years left at almost 3 million bucks. That's not the easiest guy on your roster to move. But in it connected to all of that, so I, I don't want to like over, um, you know, analyze or or put too much emphasis on this. But you end up losing another player on your your organization that you've helped develop the last few years in first round pick Lassie Thompson, and I'm not sure what Thompson quite is yet. I think the answer is we don't know. And That's the problem. Ducks have the space and and availability to figure it out. So good on them for stepping in. But because you've prioritized some of these other guys, because you've brought back Travis Hamannick, because you, you know, signed Branson to a bigger deal, like you don't have the room for Thompson. What's been the reaction to that in the Ottawa market, losing a first round pick that you've spent all this time trying to develop? That, great question. That's, it's interesting, Lassie Thompson, because nobody really knows what he is. And yet he's already being passed over. And now, Tyler Clevins here, and he is going to pass over Lassie Thompson. So he just kept getting pushed down the depth chart. Should they have lost him for a, for nothing? No. Like, everybody knew he needed to clear waivers to go down to the minors. Chances are he wasn't going to slip through. Again, why wasn't there some kind of deal made? But maybe there just was no market for him. I have a tough time thinking that, but maybe. Maybe there just wasn't a market. But there was no way I can fathom that Lassie Thompson – would get through waivers and be playing the year in the minors for Belleville. But again, people question asset management in Ottawa, and that's that one, Lassie Thompson, and the Shane Pinto contract negotiations are two very glaring uh, issues right now with the Ottawa Senators. 
it's going to be fascinating right from the jump in Ottawa this year. If you're watching the show and you go, man, I want to stay up to date on the Ottawa Senators, the link to the Coming In Hot YouTube is in the description of today's episode. Thanks for doing this, Wally. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Anytime, boys. See you soon. It is time for the daily face-off inbox question. We are heading over to the YouTube chat, and we got a couple of interesting ones here. Our pal Barra is an Avs fan, Frank, and he wants to know if the Senators maybe tried to claim Spencer Martin and what they could be doing to try to solve their backup goalie dilemma. We won't know uh, whether that was the case or not. Um, I think you've got the Lightning trying to figure out their starting goalie dilemma, we know that the issue in Columbus was that Daniil Tarasov has been hurt. He hasn't been skating and he was supposed to be the backup this year. Uh, so they had an opening. Spencer Martin was clearly the odd guy out once Casey DeSmith was, um, was trade uh, acquired by a trade. Um, so that kind of filled that. And, and then the Canucks had two guys. I think we mentioned this on the DFO rundown last week that, um, the Canucks had two guys, younger guys in mind that they want to be playing games in Abbotsford. So, um, Spencer Martin was never going to be sticking around. I think there's a few teams that are trying to figure out what the waiver wire is going to look like. And I, I think the, the abs are one of those. I think they've kept tabs on, on some other guys like Yaroslav Halak, uh, who's been out there. He's been training in Boston, uh, still ready to go. Um, and, more than the abs, I, you know, and their backup goalie situation. And not to say it's not a big deal because I think Francois is, is pretty good. And Georgiev played 60 plus games last year, kind of out of necessity, but you're probably thinking he can do that again. They just kind of need someone to tide them over until Francois can get back playing again, whenever that may be. But I'm way more curious about Tampa and what they try and do on the goalie front, because if you were to rank the top 64 goalies in the league, you know, starter and backup, their guy Johansson would be uh, 64th. So now for the first 10 weeks of the season, you're asking him, at least at the moment, to be the number one guy. And it's just, it's, it's not possible. Cannot do it. It's got to be an absolute lock that they claim someone or make a move here in the next but I, I think that was their plan the whole summer. Like Mike McKenna was writing about this in like August, the dog days of the summer on dailyfaceoff.com saying, what the heck are the Tampa Bay Lightning up to? Because Johansson is no good. And so he was thinking already that they were hoping to have Johansson as their third guy and that they were going to claim a second guy to be the backup to Vasilevsky anyway. So now it just sort of further highlights the issue for Tampa. Uh, Mike was in and wants to know the certain date RFAs need to be signed by to be eligible this year. It is still December 1st, correct? December 1st. Yep. Perfect. And a couple it's, of Oilers uh, questions. 5 p.m. on December 1st. All right. A couple of Oilers questions in the chat. I'll handle those on Oilers Nation every day, live in 90 minutes on the Oilers Nation YouTube. Let's move along to our daily bets for the day. Frank brought to you by Batano or courtesy of Batano. We talked about the Florida Panthers as our fourth topic. And Batano has odds on the Panthers to make or miss the playoffs this year. Yes is the runaway favorite, minus 122. Frank, I think you're going to agree with me. There's a ton of value on the Panthers at plus 165 here. I think this is a smart bet when you consider what that conference looks like. I'm going to pass on this bet. I don't feel good about one way or the other, making the playoffs or missing. I can make the case that they're going to get in. Uh, I just made the case earlier that they could be on the outside looking in. 
I mm -hmm. just, I don't feel really good about it either way. So I would pass. Fair enough. We also talked about the Vegas Golden Knights. They are tied for the best odds to win their division, along with the Edmonton Oilers at 2-1. to one. Yourself and Jason Greger today on a new episode of the DFO Rundown previewed the entire Pacific Division from the Golden Knights all the way down to those San Jose Sharks at 250-1 to one to win their division. Frank, I'm throwing a unit on the Edmonton Oilers here. I think last year they finished just two points back of Vegas for that top spot with a goalie in Jack Campbell who had like an 890 save percentage. I don't think Jack Campbell will be that bad again this year. You're smirking and probably thinking, wow, what a homer coming on here and picking the Oilers to win the division. But I really do think they have a good shot. I think the goaltending will be better. I think two to one's a decent price. So yeah, color me shocked that Tyler, the Oilers fan, is picking the Oilers to win the division. I also am picking Edmonton to win the division, but I would not place a bet on it because... As much as I think the Oilers are in a good position to win, plus 200 doesn't really get me excited about the odds, considering what could go wrong. I mean, look at where the Oilers were last January. Also not really in that comfortable of a spot. Um, you know, I don't think Vegas is going to be highly motivated for the regular season, winning the Stanley Cup. Not to say there's a hangover, but I just think it's all about getting in and getting hot, that once you win, you're not as jazzed up or jacked up about this season so for me uh i don't know i just i wouldn't touch it fair enough let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time and frank you're you're on twitter just as much as i am i am and you've seen all the buzz about how good Connor bedard's looked in the preseason he's had a couple of beautiful chances and I'll be honest, when I start watching these highlights and I see people posting like, whoa, look at what Connor Bedard just did. I'm expecting these to be going in. They're not. My question to you and the reason I wanted to throw this in garbage time, are we maybe getting a little bit too excited here about Connor Bedard? Or is this a guy who's going to be like a legit point of game rookie and these chances are just going to eventually start going in in the regular season? I think better than a point of game rookie. Whew. I think Connor Bedard is at 100 points this year. No, Frank. Yep. I, I've increased my projections. I think he's that good. And I find it hilarious. I don't know if you saw his quotes after the game. He was like, I hope I can make this team. And I was like, oh. is, he, is he saying it with a straight face? Like he had two points and five shots. Like, what is he even talking about? Um, so, yeah, uh, all reports from Chicago indicate like in like, even better than they had expected and they had high hopes. Did you see that one like hundred foot pass on a dime to Taylor Hall in practice? Like Taylor Hall is going to have 75 points this year. If he stays healthy, big things from Connor Bedard, total believer. And I'd say like, I started off the summer saying 30, 30, 60 for Connor Bedard. That number's going up. I think a hundred is insane. That team's not going to be that good. Like he a hundred points on a line with Taylor Hall and Taylor Radish, Frank. I just, I don't see that happening. Okay. Sidney Crosby, mm -hmm. 18 year old season, 2005, 06 on an absolutely dreadful Penguins team that only had 58 points. Crosby had 102, 39 goals, 63 assists. Sidney Crosby barely got there. Okay, but he got there is the point. And I'm saying Connor Bedard, 
I don't know if he he's not going to be as complete, and I'm not saying he is Sidney Crosby, but I think he's he's going to be in very short order in the you know notch under McDavid with everyone else. All right, it'll be fun to track. It's going to be Frank and myself every weekday on Daily Faceoff Live throughout the entire season. Tomorrow, our boy Stephen Ellis is joining us. We'll see where he comes out on this whole Connor Bedard 100 point debate we're going to be having. A big shout out to Batano, a big shout out to our producer, Gavin Turnick, and Pat Puff, who was on graphics for today, as well as Brent Wallace for joining us for some sense talk, and everybody who hopped in to the first YouTube chat of the season. Frank, this was a pleasure. We'll talk again tomorrow on Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.